coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show. My dad is a sex addiction therapist. He cheated on my mom with one of his clients. At the time, he was 63 years old. She was 29. I haven't spoken to him in about five months, and I'm just wondering, where do I go from here? (sighs) What's up? This is John with the Dr. John Deloney Show. The greatest mental health and podcast parenting and everything else podcast ever. So glad that you're with us. Talking about whatever's going on in your life. The good stuff, the hard stuff, the messy stuff. If you want to be on the show, give me a buzz at 1-844-693-3291. It's 1-844-693-3291. Love to chat with you. We can hang out for a while and figure out whatever's going on. All right, let's go to Daniel in Lexington, Kentucky. What's up, Daniel? How we doing? Pretty good. How are you doing, Dr. Deloney? Good, man. Good, good, good. So what's up? So um, I guess my main question I have for you is how do I deal with the disgust I have toward my dad? Oh, man. Right when you said, how do I, I started to sing that song, but this is actually a serious question, man. <laughs> how do I yeah. live? So um, tell me, <laughs> like, uh, why are you disgusted with your dad? Well, first of all, I got to say the story is like an onion. There is just layer upon layer upon layer. So I'll, I'll try to tell pretty much everything in under a couple of minutes or so. Cool. Um, so I'm 29. I'm a husband, father of three. My dad is a sex addiction therapist. Uh, two years ago, he cheated on my mom with one of his clients in his office. At the time he was 63 years old. She was 29. So as a result, my mom divorced my dad. They were married for 43 years. Uh, and there's some important details about his mistress. So after this all happened, um, I learned that she served an eight year prison sentence for sexual enticement of a minor. And after she served her prison time, she was ordered by a judge to receive psychotherapy which is why she was seeing my dad. So the story behind why she went to prison in the first place is that at one point she was working as a prostitute and exposed herself to two 12 year old boys. So it gets worse. (laughs) So, uh, when she was young, she was in a car accident and it left her with some residual brain damage. So, I've met her in person and she still struggles with some executive brain function. I'm not a psychologist, but, um, I would say she has the cognitive function of a 13 year old person probably, which just adds to how, you know, unethical this was. Okay. So shockingly, my dad, uh, decided to marry this woman. (laughs) Um, and even to this day, he doesn't really believe that he's, done anything unethical. He justifies it by saying that it was consensual. So, um, I will say that there, he's been reported to the licensing division Mm -hmm. and, um, there's an investigation going on right now. So here's, here's what I really need help with. Um, so I, obviously I feel a lot of disgust towards my dad and really the entire situation. Feel a lot of resentment and I feel abandoned and betrayed. But if I'm really honest with myself, I 
also miss him deeply for my life and my kids' lives as well. So mm. I haven't spoken to him in about five months, and I'm just wondering where do I go from here? <sighs> I'm sorry, man. On 50 different counts, I'm sorry. Um, this, this is a messy situation that is much simpler than it feels and much um, heavier than you probably think it's going to be over the long term. Okay. Um, the chance that this was the first time this happened is virtually zero. Oh, I, I know it's not the first time okay. it's happened. Okay. All yeah. right. So um, it's very rare that a somebody who d deals in the intimacy of other people's lives, who is a person of this kind of character, wouldn't have done this multiple times. And that you will you 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 get four or five drinks and your mom she might tell you all about some stories that have <laughs> happened along the years right um yeah here's the deal that's not going to change where you find yourself you find yourself disgusted with a guy let me tell you where a lot of us don't realize how deep this disgust goes because as as much as we don't want to think about it or believe it or we don't even consider it we all know deep down that half of us is mom and half of us is dad and if right. he is capable of this, what am I capable of? Because I'm part of him and he's part of me. Right? Yeah. And it's, it's unnerving. Mm -hmm. It makes it particularly close. And then you throw in on top the confusion of, I actually like the guy and I miss him being around. But he's also disgusting. Like, and then you just find yourself in this vortex, right? Yeah. So here's the heartbreaking thing. He has opted out of your life, not the other way around. Yeah. I think that's true. He opted out of your mom's life. He opted out of your life. Um, and he's thrown away his entire career. He's going to be found guilty, right? We know that. Uh, he'll be found guilty because they're going to take his text messages. They're going to take his uh, emails. They're going to take all of his clinical records and probably dig up the times this has happened in the past. So it's the the it will be a hurricane, cha-cha storm, diarrhea storm coming down the road. Um, and he walked into it all right and yeah. I, I have a very little sympathy for somebody in his case because people come to him and they're most vulnerable and they come to him with a particularly vulnerable thing which is i'm addicted to relationship right and he abused that and so i i, I don't got a lot i'm disgusted by him too let me say that um yeah and i mean that's that's why i view her as a victim really in this situation absolutely, i mean i feel yeah, bad for her on some on some level yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah, she went to a professional for help and took advantage of that help. So the the thing you can do is walk away. And after you walk away, um, any ch choice you make to go back and be re-disgusted and re-disgusted is a choice you're making to be more miserable in the present. I wouldn't do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's no sense in poisoning mm -hmm. yourself. Right. You do have to reckon with... Um, that guy's part of me. And what am I doing in my life that could ever even have a, 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 a the faintest trail into the woods that would lead me down a path like this? Mm -hmm. Sure. Right? Is there anything right. in yourself that makes you uncomfortable or is this just your dad off the rails? Um, I, I think it's mainly just my dad, you know? Okay. Um, it, I, it often, yeah. when our, and, when and our it, parents do things, there's echoes inside of us. Yeah, I, I think the I think the the what makes it particularly difficult is growing up. I I I always thought of him as for the most part a really good 
father teaching, you know, good values. And so after this has happened, it's sort of, it's sort of like, well, was all that fake? Was all that an act? You know, like that's, that, those are the thoughts that are going through my mind. Like were those things that I were, was even taught, was it even real? Because the person who taught it to me Mm -hmm. just totally went the opposite direction, you know? And you're 29 right now. Yeah. Right. You'd be having these thoughts anyway. Like 20, 27, mm-hmm. 28 to 33, 35, that's when you start pulling the thread on, is this real? And Because you, you start moving up the professional ladder and you look behind the curtain and you realize, oh, my boss doesn't know what he's doing at all. And <laughs> you, right. your doctor has a different conversation. They're like, I don't know, man. I got to go check with a colleague. And you think, I thought y'all know everything, right? So this is the season mm-hmm. when everything, like your friend gets fired or your wife gets fired or something like that. So this is the season when everything starts unwinding a little bit, and then the the thing you were anchored into, the man that you anchored into, turns out he wasn't concrete. He's just a mist, right? And yeah. the temptation is to throw everything out. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. If he gave you good wisdom and good values, even though he wasn't using them, um, honor those things, right? Yeah. But yeah. Are, you're married? Yeah. Okay. You ever cheat on your spouse, on your, on your wife? No. Uh-uh. Don't. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I won't. <laughs> I know, but don't. Yeah. We learn our behaviors, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And cheating starts with keeping secrets. And cheating starts with flirting here in the office and cheating starts, right? See what I'm saying? So I want you to sure. yeah. hold the thread on those. You're, you're, you're suddenly going, uh, uh, these are, when our parents screw up, it echoes through us. Okay. Not to say that you're some, a a sex criminal, which is what I think your dad is, but, uh, you do, um, you do have these echoes in your own soul. Okay. Mm -hmm. And man, you're gonna have to walk away. He, he left you and now you're just standing there. You got to go be about your life. And I know that's so hard, man. Here's the way, like tactically, here's how we do this. Number one, you're going to write him a letter, okay? And I, it might be one that yeah. you consider mailing to him, okay? okay? Normally, we write these letters, and it's not one of rage and anger and ah, I, I, some, out of some, some superiority. It's out, yeah. but okay. feel free to let him know. Like, you broke my heart, man, because you didn't tell the truth. And you've been cheating on mom for years and you left mom for somebody who's um, psychologically not well. It's cognitive deficiencies. And you chose to walk away from my family and let him know. I mean, put it in writing until you make different choices. And here's what those are going to be. You've opted out of being around my family and your grandkids and fill in the blank. And I'm going to miss you terribly. And I hate that you made these choices. And um, let him know. But okay. my thought is if you All sat right. down and had a conversation with him, he's probably good enough on his feet and, and you would leave that pretty confused. Is that right? Yeah, we've had those conversations before and it just feels as if nothing really sticks. He's, a good, he's like probably a good early. talker. Yeah, he can loop you up and spin yeah. you in circles, right? Yeah, that's what he, that, yeah, yeah. That, that's his career. That's his craft. That's who he is. Right. Um, yeah, I'd write it down, man. And then at some point you're going to have to write yourself a letter. Mm-hmm. you to you and 
be really upset, be really honest about the good stuff he gave you, and then be really clear about what you're going to do next. Yeah. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah. And then some days you're going to wake up and just miss him like crazy. And that's what your boundaries are for. You're not going to reach out. You're not going to text him. You're going to have somebody else to call. You're going to call your wife. You're going to have already thought that through. And some days you're going to wake up and be so enraged and pissed off. Or some days you're going to wake up and your mom's going to have texted you and just like with a a long text or a short text, and it's going to break your heart and you're going to get so pissed and all of those feelings are okay. The real question is, what are you going to do after that? Right. Right. Yeah. And when those feelings pop mm-hmm. into your head and you have those moments, more than five seconds on them is a choice. I'm going to just choose to, I'm going to make cereal and I'm just going to pee in it just because I'm just going to eat that for breakfast. Like it's just a choice. Like it's just a strange, bizarre choice. Or when those lightning bolts pop into our head, we can go, oh my gosh, that guy's the worst. <sighs> my wife is incredible. I'm so grateful for this home that I live in. I'm so grateful I'm sitting in an office right now. I'm a fortunate guy. And then we're going to go about our day that way. And that's something you're going to practice over time. It's going to be hard. Sorry this happened to you, man. Um, I can't imagine finding this out about my father. I can't because I'm anchored into him. I'm anchored into him. I can't imagine finding this out. I'm sorry this happened. But, um, it's very simple. you got to have the boundaries. and It's going to be very, very hard over a long period of time. Uh, holler at me as you go, man. I'm here to walk with you. We'll be right back. It seems like everybody's talking about how crazy the housing market is right now and how powerless homebuyers feel. Mix that with the stress of moving and life change and job change, and you've got a tornado of anxiety fueling one of the biggest purchases you'll ever make. This is not a good idea. So if you're a new home buyer right now, my advice to you is to focus on what you can control, like the people you choose to help you in the home buying process. You need folks like my friends at Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is a Ramsey trusted provider that's been helping people with their home mortgages for decades. And their home buyer edge program will help you skip a bunch of the stress. Here's how it works. Apply to become a Churchill certified home buyer and cap your interest rate for 90 days. Then you'll get a $5,000 seller guarantee to help your offer stand out. So go ahead, take a deep breath because Churchill has your back. Check them out at churchillmortgage.com slash Deloney and get the home buyer edge today. All right, we're back. Let's go to Lola in Knoxville, Knoxville, Tennessee. What's up, Lola? Dr. John, I was so excited when y'all selected me because I'm in such a pickle and you are so smart. <laughs> so thanks for taking my call. <laughs> I like pickles and I'm not that smart. So one out of two ain't so bad. So what's up? Okay. So I'm in a pickle. What have you um, done? What have you done, Lola? Oh, so, okay. <laughs> Did you really do something? <laughs> this is so great. Oh, can't wait. Okay. What is it? Okay, so my husband and I have this amazing 15-month-old boy that we adore, and my mother-in-law and father-in-law live six houses down from us, and when I was pregnant, my mother-in-law hated her job, and we needed childcare, so we begged her to retire (laughs) and watch. (laughs) I already know. I already know. You're the worst, Lola. The worst. I mean, I was like, oh, this is perfect. And I work from home. And (laughs) so it was going to be this, just this great setup. Um, 
So she agreed, um, but she said, I'm taking an $1,800 a month hit by retiring early at 62 instead of 67. And she said, unfortunately, I'm just going to need some money to, to, um, to live. And so we agreed and like happily I agreed and we pay her $600 a month and she relies on that income. Um, and so it was just like, it it was just the stars aligned. And so fast forward, (laughs) the worst Lola, this is like a slow moving train wreck that we all know how this part of the movie ends. I know. I know. know. Well, I know. Okay. So so keep going. You're not the worst by the way. Um, okay. Keep going. So fast forward, um, I, yeah, I've been back at work for a year and, um, I see, I guess the part that I didn't incorporate in my equation was, um, I'm not it, like I need, knew I would need childcare, but I didn't think about how I would actually want to spend time with my son. Um, that like, that just wasn't even like a thought. And so, um, now I am um, going like every break that I get, I start as late as I can. I finish as early as I can. His bedtime is eight 30 and he naps for three to three and a half hours in the middle of the day so that I can have more wake time with him at night. Like I'm always clawing at time with him. Um, and I am, and I'm working full time. Now I work from home and my job, I love my job. I've been here for seven and a half years and I like, I love everything about it. It gives me so much purpose and I make, I mean, I make good money too. And so, um, but I'm just so tired (laughs) and, um, and, and my husband and I, you know, we really want to move out to the burbs and have like, you know, like a pool and walking trails. We can't do that because I mean, I'm not going to drive to and from the suburbs every day and drop him off. Um, that's that's going to be like a two-hour commute. I'm not doing that. Lola, so my pro- this has nothing to do with your mother-in-law. We you just have to do it. You. Well, I mean, do you think that I'm just being... Um, I think you have. I think you are a mother of a 15-year-old son and you love him very much. And you had a very clear plan of what was going to happen next. And that plan is in ash because you looked at those two little those two little eyes of that sweet little boy and everything blew up. So I'm missing three hours awake time a day with him. (laughs) So my husband says, is this really worth giving up partially or all of your salary? And then like, what do we do with my mother-in-law? I mean, she needs my, she needs our income. That's your husband. Men tend to solve problems with spreadsheets. Okay. (laughs) Right. And especially your husband. And your mother-in-law, yeah, she's in a mess. Like, she's kind of getting hosed here. There's no, there's no getting around that. You are, you are, you are experiencing in real time the hell that is modern American motherhood, which is you cannot win. It is a guilt myself. factory. If you go to work full time and make five hundred thousand dollars. Someone's not someone you you're going to look in the mirror and go, what kind of mother are you? And then you say, you're right. I'm sacrificing all this for my kid. You're going to quit. And then you're going to stare at that little lump and go, what have I done? Who am I? I'm not even contributing. I'm such a loser. And there's, and then you're going to go to Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest to make yourself feel better. And then you're just going to want to set yourself on fire to see if your makeup is flammable, right? There's no way out. You're just in it. This is so accurate. Like, yes. And so this has your mother-in-law. Yes, she's going to be a casualty of whatever happens here, but she's not the problem. 
The problem is you want it all and you want it all right now. And gosh, you had it on a plan. It was on my manifest board and it's what it's going to look like. And it's not going to happen that way. Would I be putting, I'm worried yes. about putting. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what our question is going to be? I don't even, I don't care what the question's going to be. I know what the answer is going to be. What's your question? I worry in this economy on putting like all of the financial responsibility on my husband. And then now he's going to have to worry about his, I mean, what do I do? Uh, so I think you do it in, in a particular order. Okay. Are you going to quit my job? Like you're telling me to, no, no, no. <laughs> do I get a part time? I mean, I'm, I'm about to ask you, are you going to quit your job? Take all <sighs> of the pools, take all of the, I shoulds and shouldn'ts take all that junk, all that crap off the table. Take all of the mother-in-law. Is my husband going to have to actually uh, take all that off? Are you going to quit your job? Well, I mean, like that's dependent on the answer to those questions. It's, it's not mean, though. I- it's not. Those questions are dependent on that answer. And here's the thing. There's not a right or wrong to it. There's a seasonal response. And you, my good friend, are so good at clouding up simple decisions, simple questions with noise, because that's how you get through all hard things. <laughs> so you're so good at it. <laughs> like, I need to have a hard conversation with my husband, but I can make a good dinner and we can go do this and it'll be fun. We'll go to the show and then it will just go away. It doesn't ever go away. I mean, I just... Um, I just, I can feel like I can't win. You can't, you can't. That's why you just got to go forward. You got to do the best thing right now. And that thing, by the way, will change. And it might mean. What what do we do with my mother-in-law though? (laughs) Do we like. I mean, I I think, I think the ethical fair thing is to give her a, a pretty long runway. Yeah. If anybody in the world would understand, I'm a mom and. I feel like I'm watching my son's life slip through my fingers while I'm here typing away on design spreadsheets or something. I don't know what you do for a living, but like, I, I, I feel like I'm missing it. Um, whatever it is, right? And by the way, it is insanely boring. Maddeningly boring. What, like being a mom, being a stay-at-home mom? Oh my gosh. I mean, unfathomably <laughs> boring. And it's right. Do you think I would be trading like what a lot of people at my company, there's, I have a lot of moms on my team that did come back to work. And the reason they did was because we all have similar situations where it's just like, it's not like we have to sit in traffic for two hours a day and we don't like, it's not like we're only seeing two hours a day with them. Like I see a lot of him. I just, what do you, I don't see. What are you missing? I, I'm see, missing I, three to four hours a day of wake time. Okay. And, and because I have to put him down so late to get that wake time, I feel like, I mean, I'm just so tired because I feel like I'm doing two full-time jobs. Like I see six to seven hours a day of him awake. Mm-hmm. He's only awake for like whatever nine. I mean, but some of this I'm, is very, very seasonal. You're talking like six more months. What do you mean? 
Like in just a few more months, he's going to start napping way, way less and be way more all over the place. And then in a year and a half, he's going to be in a Tuesday, Thursday school. And then in two more years or three more years, he's going to be in kindergarten. It goes oh so fast. And so I like right now you are making a very static long-term decision on a very fluid situation. So I'm wondering if I could just add, what if I drop down to part-time then? You are, I'm not, you, you have spent your entire, how many people did you ask if your husband was the right guy to marry? Probably a thousand. Um, well, yes. when we, the first two years when we were dating, yes. Like every single thing that came up, I had advice from my girlfriend. Yes. Can we, we need to get coffee. We got to talk. Let's go talk. Let's go get a drink. I got to talk. Yes. <laughs> you, Lola, I'm not taking this from you. You're going to have to be all grown up. Oh, but it, you're John Deloney. Exactly. I'm not going to take your decision. Because here's why. You also blame everybody when you do take their advice. And you got to own this one. <laughs> right? You know what? Whenever I was on maternity leave, I told my husband, I said, I cannot imagine, like, I love my job. But, like, what? I'm not going to have 24 hours a day with him. Like, what am I going to be doing during this time? And so I said can I just take like 18 months off until he becomes a toddler? Because when he's a toddler, it's like more work and whatever. And he like mansplained me out of it. But my mother-in-law <laughs> heard that I was considering it. And so she texted him and said, Hey, is Lola gonna, gonna take some time off? Because if so, I'm just going to push my, I'm going to push my retirement back. I can't afford to retire without this. And so then he like mansplained me out of it. He was like, but this and this and this and this, and you can see him during your breaks and, you know, look at all of this future that you can provide and whatever. And so I like when I, I, I didn't, and also like all the consequences of, I'm in a senior level position at work and it's like, I haven't made and all of this stuff. And so I knew about it. And so when you say blaming others, I mean, I did tell him before she was actually retired, like, Hey, like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to give my baby up. And you know, he talked me out of it and I'm like still feeling the same thing I was feeling a year ago. And you're right. Like I just feel time, a little bit of his time slipping through, but then also like, I see so much little, like I see, um, like I'm my entire life revolves around him because when you're a working mom, like I don't get my nails done anymore. I know. I, I know. But listen, listen, out. this, this is, this is it. Here's what you haven't done yet. Um, you've probably heard me say this on the show before and I'll say it again. When, when my wife got pregnant with Hank, my, my 12 year old, I literally started a clock I'm like, okay, nine to 10 months and I'll get my wife back. And what that meant was not that she didn't go anywhere. She was still awesome. We we're still having fun. But like in nine or 10 months, like, like the disco lights come back on. We can just make out in the middle of the night if we want to. We just go like, hey, let's just go to Denny's. It's 2 a.m. I know. Let's just do it. Like, like we had this life. Let's just drive to Dallas and go to a concert. Let's do it. Like we had this life. And I kept yeah. waiting until that life could would come back. And it wasn't until my son, because I'm an hard-headed moron it wasn't until i was he was eight or nine or ten and i'd almost blown up everything that i realized oh that life is over it doesn't yeah. exist anymore and you haven't done that yet so i'm just going to be perpetually exhausted for the next 18 years whether i'm working congratulations or welcome or to not. parenthood my sister listen when i told my dad hey dad we're having a uh, i'm having a baby he said well 
you're never going to sleep again. That was the first thing he said. Because <laughs> he's a he's a brilliant pragmatist. So, yes, you're going to be tired for the rest of days. Yes. You know why? Even if I quit my job and I don't have to work and I just have to hold him, I'll still be tired. And I just <sighs> have him, I'll still be tired. <laughs> you are smarter than the, than the, the answers. Yes. Yes. And the booth, all the parents back here are dying laughing. They're all laughing. Yes. Yes. I just want to watch a TV show. Nope. Like, you can. Watch this. In 2048, you can watch whatever show you want to. Oh my gosh. Whatever show you want to. And here's what's so, hey, can I tell you what's so great about this? Mm-hmm. You're about three months away from one, either you or your husband being like, you want to have another one? And being like, yep. My husband <laughs> just, is refusing to have another. He said he's totally done. He said under no circumstances, we're totally done. Okay. Can I be super like, I've, I've been laughing with you because I know this is miserable. And I also know like, <laughs> you, like here, here's me being very serious. Um, You and your husband are not on the same page. And this is a recipe for a mess down the road. <sighs> and you are super fun. And you'd be really fun to like get beers with and hang out. I can already, I can tell you, you're fun. But you avoid hard conversations with him and you cave. And there's going to come a point when that caving is going to turn into a nightmare. Yeah. I mean, he's just, he, um, he is, um, he should have been an attorney. Like he is so good at making his point and it makes so much sense. Um, and so, yeah, but, I mean, but, like, but, but I, you're not a, you're, you and your son's relationship is not a spreadsheet. It's not a problem to solve your financial situation. If you quit an incredible job might be a financial problem to solve, but that comes on the back end of what's right right now. And you keeping your job and finding ways, I guarantee it. I guarantee it. There are ways for you to rest in this season. It's going to take a, you're going to have to back out and say, what has to go? Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what that is. I know. And there's, you want to do everything all at the same time. You just can't. (laughs) And so I, it sounds to me like you have the greatest possible situation, which is I've got somebody that I trust who I actually love. Who's not a, a maniac taking care of my kid inside my house that I can see him all the time. And I'm making a killer salary. And that's when you and your husband need to go out and stop doing a, hey, here's a feeling I have. Here's a concern I have. Boom, here's a spreadsheet answer. <laughs> like, you can't live like that. This is what we do. Exactly I know, what but here's what's going to happen. You're going to go on a business conference and someone's going to listen to you for the first time. And nothing's going to happen and you're going to text or you're going to get their email address and say, hey, it was great to talk to you. And now you're off somewhere else. That's how that happens. Or... Your husband's going to get not like the person he becomes because he's trying to make love to a spreadsheet and he's going to begin to want to become a different person. This is how this happens, okay? And you 100% know I'm right. Okay, so I just, I have one big, big concern with quitting my job completely or at least, (laughs) I know this is a serious question. One more, okay, serious question, one more. My dad died of a heart attack because he was working so much because my my stepmom milked him for every penny that he had. And then my husband's da- dad died like very similarly, like ex-wife, baby mama, drama, child support, all of that. And so like, I mean, would I be putting his health at risk or like, 
you know, like by eliminating, I mean, we could, we would be fine with if I quit or drop down to part time, but like, I just feel guilty, like, especially in peak inflation and all of that. I mean, what do you think about the added pressure on a man to like, like have to support a family? I would say that my wife made an incredible income when she was a fancy research professor. And then when I wasn't well and we took a $70,000 household income pay cut, 70 grand, and we moved to a new town so I could work with a smaller group of students and get my head screwed back on. And she worked part-time there. And she worked part-time and volunteered and was a writer and whatever else she did. And I struggled, A, just because of the math, because I wanted to look at the spreadsheet mm-hmm. and I had some financial goals. And I got tired of driving her old Corolla around, right? <laughs> and I was making a great salary as the dean of students at a law school. I was making a great salary as the chief student affairs officer at college X and Y. Like, but it wasn't manifesting. It wasn't playing out in my life because I was the only guy, right? Yeah. And then here's what happened. I got my wife back. I got my life back. I got my kids back. And there is no dollar amount for that. I'll drive a Corolla till the end of time. Yeah. See what I'm saying? But it also took us going to counseling and learning how to have a new kind of relationship. It also took um, several years of us and several near misses to recalibrate our marriage because it was just super different. It was a different marriage than the one that we had when we first got married. It was just a totally different one. Yeah. And so that's the work ahead of you. It's in, in here's the thing. You're going to quit your job and you're going to be so frustrated that you're broke or that you have to drive old cars or that you can't move or you might have to move. You might have to downsize. Well, he would just need to stop playing golf like as much as he normally does. That's really <laughs> like, we, like, it's fine. It's just, he is. Just, Lola, Lola, I mean, Lola, it, Lola. This is 100%. This is you caught in the system. That's that's the air, right? There's no getting around that. Y'all need to go talk to somebody. Okay. I'm just telling you. And he's going to say, why? What? Oh, you want me to play golf? Fine. I'll quit playing. That's not it. It's not it. It's not it. It's beneath right. that. It's that you have a picture of what this whole thing's supposed to look like, and it's not going to happen. And he has a picture of what it's going to look like and it's not going to happen. It's not. And that is the beauty of being married. And that's the beauty of it all, like of uh, playing forward is you don't know how it's going to wrap up, but it's not going to be this. And so you can do one of two things. You can just keep trying to make this thing happen until you crash this sucker into the ditch. Or you can say, all right, that picture is over. That was a blast. Now we got to do something new. And in this new picture, you're going to play less golf and be around more. In this new picture, we're going to cut our expenses by 25%. I'm going to sell the new car and I'm going to buy an old car that can get me to and from. And um, by the way, you can put two or three car seats in a Corolla. Nobody's going to die, right? You're going to look ridiculous and you're going to be like have to squish and squeeze and lean over and all that. It's frustrating, but you can be just fine. Okay. So why am I saying that? You can cut expenses, Lola. It's deciding we want this over this. And this over this is an admission that we can't have everything all the time right now. 
It just is. It just is. I don't think you should quit your job. If I'm being, if I'm just inserting this, I don't think you should quit your job because I think you love your job. I think your marriage is a mess. I think your marriage is messier than you want to admit it. And I think that is making the ground you walk on very unstable because you're a year plus into this new marriage with a kid and all of a sudden you feel things starting to slip through your fingers and you are a control person. (sighs) Husbands, you can't love your wives with spreadsheets all the time. Sometimes, yes. But most of the time, it's best just to sit and listen. Say, tell me what we're working through. I'm grateful for you, Lola. Thank you so, so much for the call. Um, Holler back at me when you decide what to do. I'm going to hear how this one ends. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. Let's go to the buff. Buffalo, New York. Dr. Jerry. What's up, Jerry? Hi, Dr. D. How are you? Thank you so much for taking my call. I'm I'm operating breathing, so it's a good day. (laughs) That's a good one. Excellent. What's happening? What's up? Oh, I am having <clears throat> issues with my adult daughter. Okay. Um, the last few years, it's it's gotten way worse. We have, you know, constant blowups, and then we'll we'll sit down and talk, and things will be better for a while. Um, I find myself walking on eggshells around her, but you know, we kind of get through it. Um, is, she most- an, is she an is she an addict? Does she use? No, okay. no, not at all. Um, she's very, very angry. Um, Why is she angry? And some with of you? it's from um, my ex-husband. Um, when she was growing up, they had a relationship where they were either really getting along or they really weren't. And he, uh, they were in an argument one day, and he pushed her, and she feels I didn't do anything about it. She's right. I. I should have left right then and there. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. but well, I, the last time that we had this, um, a blow up, the blow ups are over other things, but it always goes back to, you know, deep down she's angry with me and mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. And I've apologized and I've offered to, you know, I've asked her to please go to counseling because mm-hmm. I, you know, I use your analogy of you're drinking poison waiting for him to die. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it's crazy. So, um, it's gotten even worse in the last year and a half. Um, she left her husband. Um, she was, got really angry because we were also friends with him. So our point was, well, he's the father of our grandchild. So, so we gave in and none of us are friends with him anymore. You know, we, we keep our distance, uh, um, but every time we have these blow ups, she won't let me see the grandchildren. Why do you so, keep, why do you keep having blow ups with her? Um, it's always always something like the the slightest thing will just set her off. I know, but um, but you know those things. Why do you engage her? Yes. Why? I I I don't think I do. I, I like I told you, I tiptoe around her, and I hate that feeling. But I I know what sets her off. The problem is, she has a very very good relationship with my my husband, mm-hmm. um, she, you know, doesn't have a good relationship with her dad. She confides in my husband and I love seeing her have somebody like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he, him and I have been talking the last couple of weeks because it's, it, I'm really at a crossroads. I don't know what to do. 
I think he fuels the fire. Like he doesn't understand, you know, he says little things to her that I would never, you know, I confide in him. And then he, I don't think he means to, you know, leak things to her, but there are things that I know are going to set her off. Um, an example is she asked me to go to dinner with her a couple of months ago, which we used to do everything together when she was little. I mean, we baked, we exercised, we shopped, we did everything together. I was there for both of the kids. I was in the room when both of them were born. Um, <clears throat> but like a couple of months ago, she had asked me to go out to dinner. And like I said, we've been strained the last, you know, two or three years. So I said to my husband, I'm like, I'm like, that's kind of odd. I'm like, it's nice. Yes, I want to go to dinner. I'm like, and, uh, you know, I was hoping for good things. Well, he said something to her that, you know, he's like, I don't know why you, you two question each other. So then she got mad at me because I questioned why she wanted to go out to dinner. So your husband is not at fault here. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, he's very much a fixer. Yeah, I, I know, I know, but let, let me just, I, I want you just to settle in for a second, okay? Mm-hmm, yep. <sighs> Whether she knows it or not, there's still a little girl in there wondering, what was it about that guy that was more important than me when, we, when I was little? Mm-hmm. Right? Why did my mom right. pick him over me? And... The way, even the way you said that, that when things were good, they were so good and they were bad. They were really bad. Mm-hmm. When that happens with a kid, there is no real good. And that usually is somebody trying to balance out their inaction or okay. excuse some of their inaction. Okay. You said it. You're right. You should have left. You should have left before mm-hmm. he pushed her. But here we are. I also know. Um, not pers- not firsthand, but I've sat with enough people to know the fear of being a single parent, the economic insecurity, the, the, I understand the plight women have to go through to eat some, t- I, I get it. It's a mess. And it's easy yeah. to look back 25 or 30 years later and go, I should have, I should have, I should have. And in the, yeah. and in the middle of it, you start to think, well, the next stop is the back of our station wagon and I don't have it right. And so here we are now and the we used to do everything together cool that is in the past and the more you Mm -hmm. go back to there you are choosing to drink poison we got to be right here right now you're walking on eggshells around her is a anxiety response she cannot anchor into you because you're not fully present you keep secrets Mm -hmm. from her you don't tell her the truth you don't tell her everything And when you don't, she knows it. She knows she's being angry and unreasonable and annoying and frustrated. She knows that. And she also knows mom's not telling me the truth. And mom's still trying to treat me like I'm 10. Think about it. She left. Let me say it this way. You might think you're a safe place. Her behavior is telling us all that she does not see that. Right. Okay. So the goal is less, how do I get her to do what I want? The goal is, how do I become a safe place for her? Not a doormat. Yeah. How, how do I become a safe place? And and that's what I'm looking for. I, I don't have the tools to, you know, our, our, our last blow up. Um, I, I told, I, you know, she's very much a yeller and mm-hmm. 
I, and I told her, I, you know, I, I understand if you're upset with me, but please sit down and talk to me. So we did. We sat and talked for three hours, mm-hmm. and I and I thought we really got to a, a much better place. Um, and I told her, I can't, I can't go back and fix anything I've done. I was a young mother. I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, I said, I, I can't fix any of that, but what I can do is do better going forward. And, and, and here's the hard I, part. I, here's I, the hard part. Yeah. What you just said is is gold. It's such a gift. Mm-hmm. And that's the extent of what you can do. And if she chooses to not plug back in, that's a choice she's making. Right. And it right. hurts like bloody hell. It does. It does because I want to be a good grandmother, you know. Of course, I, I of course. A lot and and the things I you know, I made a million mistakes when my kids were growing up. Um, I have a very good relationship with my son. Um, don't don't compare the op- yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I don't. I don't want to do that. I I want to fix for her and I. I want to be there for her. Mm-hmm. I you know I I don't want to see her hurting like this. That's right. I mean, she's definitely hurting, and I I don't. I hate seeing that. And the other thing is, is every time she. You know, she knows the one thing that she can get to me with is these grandchildren, and they're seeing this. Mm-hmm. And and I, they're looking. I can't get through to her that they're seeing how to treat a mother. You know, when they get older, I, I don't want to see them doing this to you. Right. And you're tra- showing them how to be, you I know, know what to be to women and and their future wives. That's true. But flip around the other side. Mm-hmm. I've been really frustrated with my parents before. Real frustrated, yeah. actually. I've never once thought I need to keep my kids from them. Exactly. And I said, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Okay. It could be that she's evil. She's just evil. And she's weaponizing her children to get back at her mother for something her mother did 25 years ago. I don't think that's mm-hmm. the case. I think right. that she doesn't think you're safe. Okay. I and, can agree with that. And so let's don't demonize her. Even if she's doing stupid things. Okay. Let's go back to the basics, the OG basics. What can you control? Your thoughts and your Mm -hmm. actions. That's it. That's it. Okay. You cannot control this young girl. You've been trying her whole life and you can't. And you also can't go back and undo what happened. It happened. You got to own it. And you have, which is impressive. But what you haven't done is started trying to write something new. You keep going, trying to go back and edit it. I know, I do. I, I, right? I do. You got it, it. Happened. It is, and these grandkids are not your redemption story. They're not your do-over. They're new. Right. Pe- they're new people, and mm-hmm. so I would sit down and really map out what are my boundaries. And a gift for her that's not going to feel like a gift at first is saying, "Hey, I'm not going to. I'm. I'm not going to do blow-ups with you anymore. I love you too much." And I'm not interested in going mm-hmm. to war with you. I'm interested in loving you and being a safe place. You've okay. never been a safe place. I, I know, I know. <laughs> um, but I'm yeah. working on it now. And so when you raise your voice, that's you choosing to end a conversation with me. Okay. And these three-hour marathons feel so cathartic, but they're not accomplishing anything. Okay. Are they? I I thought... You feel I, I, better. I we, you feel better. Yeah. But when you're yeah. talking to somebody in fight or flight, you're not. They're calming down, but there's no resolution. 
Okay. And a lot of times the resolution after one of those three-hour marathon talks is people are exhausted. They're tired. They're yeah. dropping their shoulders for the first time in a long time because their bodies aren't at mm -hmm. war. And then the next, so you got to do those things. You 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 got to teach your body over time. There's not this one big conversation that's going to accomplish everything. But right. again, you're trying to find the right thing to say, trying to find the right thing to do, trying to find. Your daughter yeah. feels that you're trying to puppet master still after all these years. And it's going to be yeah. you saying, I'm just not going to do that anymore. I love you too much. I love those kids too much. I love you. I'm not going to fight you. Yeah, I, I can feel the anxiety when when we're together. And it, it never used to be like that. But but you, I want you um, to take full ownership. I have found myself getting anxious around my own daughter. And yes you should be the one safe place for me besides my husband. And yeah. that's on me. I'm going to stop being anxious around you. But that also means you're going to stop. I, I'm, I'm not, I'm just going to choose to opt out when you yell because I'm, I'm worth okay. more than that. And I'm going to choose to opt out when you swear at me. And if you choose to take the grandkids away, I'm, I'm going to choose to have my heart broken, but I'm not going to fight you. I'm just not going to fight you anymore. Well, and, and that's where I'm at. Like, I'm I'm not okay not seeing these these grandkids for. But you, know, you 10 don't years get now. a vote, Jerry. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't get a vote. And my husband, you know, he's he's pushing me to to reach back out to her, but and I want to, and and I told him, I said, I know this sounds cheesy, but before I reach back out to her, I feel like I need to work on me a little bit. Like, there's. This is just a cycle that I just, I want to get out of. So maybe you, you can do both. It's not an either or. Okay. Maybe you reach out and say, um, even take a disproportionate amount of the blame. Okay. But I would have a conversation with her that's really somewhat Jerry-centric. Very you-centered. Okay. I'm sorry how I've acted. And I'm your mom and I feel anxious around you and I'm not doing that anymore because I love you too much. <laughs> this isn't okay. war. This is, you're my daughter. And I'm committed to my own growth. I can't change you. I can't change your decisions to take the kids away, but I can become a safer place. And okay. by becoming a safer place, I'm going to have boundaries. And if you don't like the boundaries, that's fine. But I'm just not going to fight mm -hmm. you anymore. And I'm going to see my own counselor. I'm going to go work on me. And I'd love for you to come with me. And if you don't want to, great. Yeah. Cool. But here's the thing. She will naturally be drawn to you like a tractor beam. The more stable and safe and firm you feel. Okay. Okay. The more you're trying to have a new plan and you read a new book and watched and read a new Instagram post yeah. and you're going to fix her on that. Dude, she can feel it a hundred miles away. Okay. Is, is, yeah, I, and I, and think about how much more peaceful of a life you're going to have. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the thing. I'm at a crossroads. Like I can't, I can't feel like this anymore. Set, and, the, set the swords and, down. Set them, just set them down. Yeah. No more fighting. I'm not going to do blow ups. That, I'm not going to do war. I'm not going to do any of it. I will be gut wrenched if you take those, if you don't let me see the kids. But I also know they're your kids and I can't fight you over them. Right. And if they're ever being abused or unsafe, I'm going to call every authority I have. But you don't have to bring that up in this conversation. Right, right. right? And and no, I mean, it's, it's you know, not a situation like that. I just, 
it, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And I know it's exhausting for her too. And I want to be able to help her. Like she, you know, she works full time and she does very well. She's, you know, but I want to be able to help her. You know, if she needs, I know, a but Jerry, she's not kids. asking for your help. And I know. you have to reconcile that. The more you try to insert yourself into her life, the more it's just going to be an electrified situation. The yeah. more you become a safe place, the more you're going to end up seeing those grandkids, the more you're going to end up seeing her. And the more y'all are going to be okay. able to heal your relationship. Okay. Does that make sense? It does make I, sense. I heard over the weekend, I don't know how much truth this is. Um, I was at an event in Phoenix and somebody was telling me that um, I think it was, in, I think it's where I, I think, anyway, it doesn't matter where I heard it. Um, that remember old Gorbachev and, uh, Ronald Reagan, when they were figuring yeah. out communism and capitalism and, and they, had, they were meeting and they were in a heated, heated argument about how mm -hmm. stupid your capitalism is and how damaging your, your, um, communism is a back and forth, back and forth in the room. They said was getting hotter and hotter and hotter. Like uh -huh. two egotistical world leaders getting ready to get pushed over the edge, right? And mm -hmm. out of nowhere, they said Reagan disengages and walks away, which is a very strange move. Okay. And they said he walked away and was gone for a minute and then circled back and walked back in with, his, with a huge smile on his face and an outstretched hand, like to shake his hand. And he said something like, hey, Mikey, my name's Ronnie. How are you doing? And they both, it was so, they both started laughing and he reset it. I'm not fighting you. We got to be friends. Yeah. That's the only way this thing works moving forward. Right. Or everybody ends up in ash. Mm -hmm. And again, yeah. I don't know how much of that story is folklore. I don't know how much of that story is real, but the sentiment behind it is true. There comes a moment when we get so angry and so frustrated, we fall over the edge. And before you yeah. fall over the edge, you're the adult, you're the mom, you're the parent. She's an adult too, but you're the parent. I'm, I'm stepping away. I'm going to circle back. I'm going to take my time. I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to come back in with a smile and say, yeah, this is different from this point forward. And you are going to sleep better. Yeah. Because you're tired of war too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I meant by, I, I need to work on me. I, I mean, obviously I'm, you know, pushing buttons and I'm, you're right. I, I tried it edit the past and I, I'm the one that told her I, I can't do that I can't fix any of it but I can do better going forward and I still go to the past but, but and your going forward is a trying to erase the past and rewrite it can't do that your going forward right. is you trying to acutely insert yourself into her life which she has not asked for you trying to give her parenting advice and mothering advice and help I'll help you I'll help you I'm not asking for your help I just want my mom yeah and you have a picture in your head of what grandmas are supposed to be doing with their kids. And that's not the picture that your daughter has. And if you want to be in a relationship with her and your grandkids, her picture is the one that's going to matter. It's like mm -hmm. when somebody says, hey, my kids decided they're not coming up for Christmas. I'm so ticked off. I'm pissed. I'm going to call them. I'm Why? Because they're not going to come for Christmas either. Yeah. And that's it. All of that is an antidote to sitting down, to, to not wanting to sit down and go, I'm really sad that my kids aren't going to be here for Thanksgiving. My Thanksgiving is going to look different. Now I'm going to have to invite people over and it's going to be kind of boring or weird. Right? I've got to yeah. deal with the reality part. And so I'd love to see you create an anti-war document that okay. is full of your boundaries 
here's what I'm not going to tolerate. You can't cuss at me. You can't just show up here in the middle of the night. If I find out you're using or the kids aren't safe, I'm going to call you on it. Here's my boundaries. And then I think your husband's right. Reach out. And, but the reaching mm-hmm. out is a declaration of peace and it's a declaration of I'm changing and I love you. And that, I, I, here's the deal. That's all you got left. And everybody listening to this, if you find yourself like, like Jerry, you're, what you're talking about is so common. It's common in marriages. It's common between parents and young kids. It just turns into this cycle of, I will defeat you. I will solve you. I will, I've got bigger muscles than you. I, I've got more power than you. And it just ends in ashes. And at some point, someone's got to back out and just say, hey, control, delete, reset. I'm not going to war with you anymore. I'm choosing a path of peace. And here's what this is going to look like. And you'll sleep and they'll sleep. And that is the soil of new trees. I'm proud of you, Jerry. It's going to be tough because you're going to have to unlearn a whole bunch of actions. You're going to have to learn how to breathe. You're going to have to learn how to get up and walk away. You're going to have to learn how to get in the car and not have had the last word. And you're also going to have to learn how to be a grandma because you're going to start seeing those kids more and more the safer your daughter feels around you. You can do this. You can do this. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up? Deloney here. Listen, you and me and everybody else on the planet has felt anxious or burned out or chronically stressed at some point. In my new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life, you'll learn the six daily choices that you can make to get rid of your anxious feelings and be able to better respond to whatever life throws at you so you can build a more peaceful, non-anxious life. Get your copy today at johndeloney.com. All right, we are back and we're wrapping it up today. The song of the day is by The Great Coin. Yep, the band's called Coin. Not coins, just one. One coin. And the song is Talk Too Much, and it goes like this. Caffeine, small talk, wait out the plastic weather. Mm, uh, discussing current events. I'll take my time. I'm not the forward thinker. You read my mind. Better to leave it unsaid. Why can't I leave it unsaid? You know I talk too much. Honey, come put your lips on mine and shut me up. We could blame it all on human nature. Stay cool. It's just a kiss. Why you got to be so talkative? I talk too much. We talk too much. Lucky for you, America, I don't talk too much. I talk so way too much. For more of me talking too much, we'll see you next time. <laughs>